Welcome to the Six Pillars podcast, lifting the lid on the vision to make grain a $6 billion industry by 2030. Arguably, the blueprint for the grains industry for the next 10 years could not come at a more crucial time. The COVID-19 pandemic has shone a light firmly on the need for food security. However, the genesis for the blueprint was way before all of this. Its focus is what the sector needs to do to meet the state government's 3% per annum growth target. The man tasked with managing the blueprint is grains industry expert Jonathan Wilson. He joined me in the GPSA studio to delve into the story behind the blueprint and why the grains industry needs this roadmap. The grains industry is one of the biggest industries in South Australia uh, and so it's really important for the state for the grains industry to hit those targets. And rather than just uh, hope that we're going to be able to hit them, uh, we really need to have a concerted effort and a target as to how we're going to hit them. And really having a blueprint isn't a compulsory opportunity. These are things we must do. But ultimately, it's identifying where those opportunities lie and what we need to do to hit those targets. I always say having a plan beats not having a plan. And even if the plan is a little bit wrong, it's better to be roughly right than completely inaccurate. In my work sifting through the blueprint, I see there's a lot of drivers towards needing a blueprint. There's been other reports as well, whether by GRDC or ESCOSA, warning of dependence on singular markets and a range of things like that. So there must be a number of red flags coming up as well saying plan for the future. Look, for sure, there's, there's a lot of risks that we need to manage as a South Australian industry, and in fact, as a national industry. If you look at where our major markets are for our four major commodities, there is one international market for each, wheat to Indonesia, barley to China, canola to Europe, and pulses to India. We could lose those markets with the stroke of a legislator's pen. Uh, That's not to say that we will, but we could. So that's a risk that we need to manage. We see a risk in terms of our climate changing. We are expecting to see a hotter and drier climate in 2030, how do we manage that risk? We see the risk of incursions in terms of our, uh, our pests. Uh, and we see risks as an industry in terms of the community expectations as to what we as an industry will need to do to gain the acceptance of the community. I think when we look at the, the risks that we see, there's obviously huge opportunities that come along with those. But we need to be able to plan for those. We need to have a concerted approach to how we're going to meet these risks and the opportunities. And if we don't have a united approach as an industry, then we're all going to fail together. I guess it's a really united we stand, divided we fall opportunity. And we don't really want to be left in the space of just hoping that everything will be okay. I think that's a foolish thought to think, I'll just hope that everything's going to be okay. Well, since you drafted this blueprint, there's been a dramatic new risk in terms of COVID-19. I mean, that potentially brings all the other risks that you've talked about further up the ladder. Yeah, look, and I guess I'm looking at the current environment that we're living in, you know, with, with social distancing and isolation and all the different things that come of it. Obviously, it's a, a terrible risk to, to health and public health, and people are very concerned, and, and probably rightfully so. But there's opportunities there as well. If you look at how people have reacted or how the general public have reacted in terms of going and buying uh, supplies to, to be able to ride it out in their homes... There's opportunities around the security of a supply chain. Having a a level of domestic market and domestic concern is a domestic opportunity 
really does create opportunities for our industry, given that in South Australia we're producing 7 million tonnes plus of food. Uh, You know, it's not a commodity, it's food. And we're producing it here, so we can actually very easily feed all of South Australia and probably most of Australia very easily with what we're producing in an average year. So how then do we then create that opportunity to provide the food for our local population and that food security I think if you look at other nations, they're much more concerned about their food security because they have to import it, whereas we don't have to do that. Maybe the luxury items, but you know, as long as we can now produce bread and we can produce animal protein and plant protein locally, that's really what we should be, be looking to take advantage of. Is that something that's come out quite a bit, that we are exceptionally externally focused rather than internally focused for our market opportunity. I think that's certainly one of the issues that I see and has been highlighted through lots of the reports that we've seen coming out of our industry is that we take a bulk product and we export in bulk to a foreign destination. That's still going to be a significant amount of our business, don't get me wrong. But there's opportunities for us to internalise some of these opportunities, whether that's in taking advantage of the animal protein story or the plant protein story in terms of of the, the different consumptive demand, but actually moving away from a reliance on external markets. I think we like to control the things we can control. And who can we control better than the people who are around us or who can we influence better than the people around us? So this security of food supplies, I think, is going to be a huge story for not just our industry, but for the meat industry, for the egg industry, for the dairy industry, for the toilet paper industry. These are things going to be really, really important going forward. And it's something I feel that the federal government is going to put a lot of focus on. We are very fortunate that we have got such positive, well-organised value chains in the grains industry in South Australia. And I think that we're really well placed to take advantage of it. We just have that one step of converting our raw product into something that we can put in our mouths. You know, whether that's milling our wheat, whether that's malting our barley, or whether it's turning our feed grains into animal protein. These are things that we see huge opportunities in. It's come out of the blueprint and I guess I feel the the urgency and the opportunity is now. So the blueprint is arguably coming out at quite a crucial time. So it's a critical time for us in the industry. It's a I think it's a actually a really positive story and a, a story that we can tell the community that we can continue to provide for their basic needs, you know, even not just their basic needs, we can provide for their needs in a really effective, cost effective and efficient way that they can't get whenever they're looking at just relying on importing their staple diet. That might mean that there's a premium to that, but there's always going to be a premium for quality and a premium for assurance and a premium for provenance. But we can see with the reaction of people in the supermarkets that paying an extra 5 cents or 10 cents or 15 cents a kilo for flour whenever there's none available, people are willing to do that. So when the rubber hits the road, you see what's really important to people And what's really important to people is food security. You and the working team have chopped the blueprint up into six pillars. We're going to drill down into each one of those per episode. But just broadly, why these six pillars? One thing the grains industry has been really, really good at is doing lots of research. So we've got lots of reports, lots of uh, analysis that have happened out of the grains industry, particularly in the last kind of five to ten years. And so we read a significant amount of this information And then we tried to then divide that up into bite-sized chunks. That's the six pillars that we came up with initially. We then road tested those at an initial workshop and at a number of different meetings individually and with groups across the state. 
and ultimately with very small additions and a lot of it around semantics in terms of making sure we actually get the wording right as to what we're looking at. We could have six completely different pillars in different language, but ultimately the content, if you put all six together, I think meshes well together. But there'll be parts that we've put under one pillar that could very easily have fitted under another pillar. Jonathan, what makes this blueprint a living document and actually a real roadmap that guides the industry rather than a wonderful document that sits on a bench somewhere and gathers dust? What needs to happen? When the facts change, we change. And one thing we can say is that the document may be relevant and true for what we see in front of us right now, but in a year's time, the facts will change and something will happen that we'll need to take into account. So we need to have that continually updated and continually changed. Ultimately, what we're doing is we're setting out the destination in terms of our financial aim or in terms of being a six billion dollar industry by 2030 and that's that's what we're trying to hit but the pathway to achieve that will necessarily change as the the landscape around us changes but there's going to be some things that that will need a concerted joint effort from lots of different people across the industry otherwise we're not going to achieve it so we need to have some central person or or group that's actually going to proactively manage that through in a sensitive way because our industry is made up of lots of different components there's lots of people with different aims and and outcomes that they're looking for their their individual family outcomes or their business outcomes their corporate outcomes as well so we need to be really sensitive that we're not inhibiting people from achieving their corporate aims but also that we're looking at as an industry-wide body so there'll be outcomes that particular parts of the industry won't care about and the outcomes they care very passionately about and it's trying to manage that in a sensitive way you know south australia has quite often just taken the lead from what happens in the eastern states uh, and this is a real opportunity for us to take the lead to push some of that stuff out you look at, at some of the opportunities that we may have lost in the past you know canola breeding as an example is very new south wales focused and as a result our yields in south australia have have probably not advanced as quickly as as they have on the east coast so that's something that we need to be able to take back into south australia to be able to breed canola that is suitable for our environment particularly in south australia whether growers decide to plant canola or wheat or barley or lupins it makes no difference to the blueprint it's about giving growers the choice and that choice becomes really important you know whenever the growers have got a, a choice to increase their productivity or lower their costs or have access to the best markets in whatever format those three things take, that's really what we're after. Give the growers a choice and the industry will react to that. Why should people listen to this and what are you hoping they're going to take away from it? I'm hoping that that people will listen to this and realise that we've got a fantastic industry with lots of opportunity. And that's not just for the people who are in it today, but the people who we need in the industry by 2030. I'm hoping people will see that there is a profitable industry for them to be part of. And I'm hoping that they'll see that our industry is actually critical for the state as well. Look, I'm really excited by our industry. There's loads of opportunity. I just really want people to see that. Jonathan Wilson, Blueprint Manager for the Six Pillars. Thank you for joining me in the GPSO studio. Thanks, Matt.